Hello everyone, um, this is my first podcast, so, constructive criticism at all, but, um, yes, uh, I wanted to start this off with something I'm, I'm very passionate about, which is, uh, Soulsborne. And, uh, top, and my top ten favourite monsters. And, well, um, I hope you enjoy, I, I hope you appreciate the musical choices, and I, if I'm not too grating. Is it I don't know if it's really a podcast, if I'm just listing uh opinions about something. But uh well it's something I know and therefore I'm going to do it. Thanks and I'll see you on the other side. Ah yes, the beast from the east himself. I mean, DS2 has many problems, Psylon is not one of them. Absolutely not. Yes, his area is dumb. Oh my god, it's dumb. And the run back is absurd, and we do not talk about it. It's a very good boss fight, and with a very good gimmick, in terms of the whole Seppuku thing. But uh, we don't really like the member of the other king. It's not exactly anyone's favourite area. But, I mean, we all forgive it because Psylon exists. And, I mean, it's, uh... It's, it's not, uh, out of the realm of possibility that Psylon is supposed to be, like, the Autolius of DS2. In terms of, like, the legendary knights who no, who no one has heard from in a thousand years. It's probably died of painful death somewhere. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of his thing. Arguably, that's Rame, but... But, um, I mean, it's it's a samurai idol. Like, what else do I have to say about it? A samurai idol where he stabs you, uses his blood, uses your blood to, uh, in, empower a sword, and then basically one-shots you like Autorius on a, on a cheat day, but... And throws laser beams at you, and... Basically, face dashes because he's because ca- he's just casually an evil twat occasionally. <laughs> but it's a very honourable fight in terms of he pulls bullshit, but you also pull bullshit. So it's it feels like he's at least respecting you somewhat. He waits for you to he, you wait for him to get up. He waits for you to get up. He respects your skill and commits epicu if you beat him without getting hit in within a certain amount of time. And that's a lot of characters give a boss. He gives you a small bow before you start. And you get his really cool katana for beating him. And his music's absurdly good and possibly the best track in DS2. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say. He's a very good boss at the end of a very shit area. And we and uh, we can only go up from here. Ah, Ludwig. Ludwig. Forced Watts, whatever you prefer to call him. Uh, he's... I mean, do I have to say why Woodvig's such a good boss? It, his whole thing is... His whole, like... Claim to fame is the whole Phase 2 thing. <laughs> like, yes, I suppose I should explain it. Um, obviously, he's a horse monster. If that wasn't clear. Um, and with a second head that shoots some sort of water slash blood out of it because Bloodborne is a very weird game. Um 
and it's uh, it's not exactly a, a pretty size, is it? To see like a legendary hero be Azorius of Bloodborne, two in a row. God, um, it devolves into this horrific creature, but well, he's well, he's a very absurdly hard fight up until that point, and up until like sixty percent health, sixty percent of his health dead. I mean, and and then he pulls out the midnight greatsword casually, starts talking to it, and talks talk, starts talking in general, might I add. And it's just like casually like, yes, I'm no longer a beast. I'm now going to murder you with my giant sword because I'm a dick. And then he's Ludwig the Holy Blades, because of course he is. And the giant horse monster of a giant Moonlight Sword is kind of terrifying. I don't know about you. And then obviously he has basically the not all the movesets of the Moonlight Sword. Sounds whatever the hell that bloody fire attack he does in Phase 4 is, but we don't talk about that. That's one shot me far too many times. I mean, his music is absurdly famous for how good it is. And arguably the reason people love Ludwig so much. But, uh, but um, I can't really say too bad of him. He's a very good boss, and I do enjoy him every time I play with Hunters. But it's undeniable that he has been surpassed in terms of his gimmick in order to in later years, as we may or may not see. And I suppose that's all I have to say about him. He's a very good boss, a very cool boss, with a very, with a revolutionary phase transition. Uh, but once you know about the phase transition, it's kind of me um, meager, mediocre. He's, it's very predictable and Ludwig the Holy Blade is far easier than Ludwig the Accursed. So, it's, it's kind of a pick your poison situation. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'll tell you this well on your list. Heresy, burn him. Burn him eternally for his sins. But, well, I mean, I played the series in reverse order, so... He never really had as much impact to me. There's certain other bosses in Dark Souls 2 and 3. And yes, I did just compare DS2 to DS1 in a favourable fashion. Sorry. But I mean, so on was involved, so it's very evident that I do like DS2. But I think we are, because this is still very good fight, and the only entry on from on this was from DS1, unfortunately. And, and that's not... Uh, uh, condemnation of DS1's bosses at all. No, no. They're all very serviceable, but Azorius is very much the one that stands out. Because it's... Well, I mean, A, it's a Guts, it's a guts XP, so let's not be on the bush about that, but... He's a very... He's a very fun boss, a very different boss to everyone. Again, because there's only two human bosses, the other, the other one of which is basically broken by parrying. So, like, you're not really... It's, an, it's the one time you, in a in DS1 you get to find an actual human, uh, human, in inverted commas, 
fighter for the S2 when we did with all the dudes in armor, don't get me wrong, but um, yes, it's it's one of those uh, things, I'm not entirely sure why he didn't uh, connect with me as much as others, but uh, but this high, he's, uh, he's still doing well, it's a very fun fight. He has very he has very good music, very tragic music, as you can hear in the background. And um he's very he's a very acrobatic and very cool boss. He throws he throws slime at you, he does backflips, he does a super backflip to embed a sword in the ground and cause an explosion. It's never it's never a dull moment with him. And Robotide if you run him buff. Oh dear god, Robotide. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll kill you in one shot. Or two. Depends on how much you you have rolling at that point. But, you know. Still. But, though I prefer fights in DS 2 and 3 and Bloodborne over him, I, I have to pay my respects to the man himself. And of course his war is great, but I, I just never connected with it as much as other people. It's... It's not a very, it's not exactly a bad story, and it's a very tragic story that we, that uh, Azorius couldn't even do his job, but um, it's a sacrifice his life to his, to save his one companion, and willing to write himself, he cuts by the abyss to stop other people from doing it. But uh, the problem with that is that, since it's a false legend, we now know that Adorius was, well, well, we don't ever hear, we hear that he's a very good knight, he, he's unbreak, he has an unbreakable will and his skill of a great sword is beyond parallel, something you, we get to see, but uh, you, there's not really much substantiation to his Iconic to his legendary status, you know what I mean, and and that's why he's this high because I can't, in good conscience, call him a hero, after learning that his legend was basically made up. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's cow meat with poison. I'm fully aware. Well, I mean, the thing with different, the difference between cow meat and sin to me is just that sin's built up a lot more. To be honest with you. Just like well, uh, Kami, you just see, you just see once he stares at you menacingly, and uh, then Goff tells you to shoot, uh, kill him, and that's it. You go down to the valley, you kill him, and that's that's that. You get Goff's great bow, you have a grand old time. You get the what I'm doing if you're a psychopath. <laughs> you get the sitting great sword if you're a great psychopath. You move on with your life. Sin, on the other hand, is, well, quite literally the focus of Brown of the Sunken King. And, well, well, yes, he is a blatantly skin of Calamites. There are, like, differences to him. Namely, the, namely the song choice uh, reason, which is poison. <laughs> Toxic. You know, um, the fact he's Quite literally, a dragon full of sardine whipping with poison. Because, you know, 
how casually that that is a thing in Dark Souls. And yeah, I mean he's undead. When undead dragons in yeah, DS1 spat poison, so I suppose that's to be expected. And I mean, like, yes, it's a it's a bit of a like, oh, 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 we're just fighting him now, are we? Yeah, I'm dead along, that is kind of a problem. But I mean, it's just it's just a fun fight. <laughs> yes, he stays in the air half the time, but like that's what a dragon does. And like the whole thing with Kalami was like, oh well, Kalami didn't do that. Well, yeah, because gosh, he's just sodding wing out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. He gets. You get why he doesn't fly around a lot. Like Sin, you you you've done nothing to him. Like he has a spear from his chest, granted, but it's like that has nothing to do with his wings. He can fly around as much as he pleases and wing poison fire death from above if he wants. And like um. Of the final bosses of the DLCs, he's, he is like a phenomenally better dragon fight than the Ancient Dragon, even if I do rather like the Ancient Dragon fight, I know, sue me. But, uh, and Guardian Dragon is a joke, so we don't even talk about that one. But, um, yeah, and I mean, I think Sin just has better lore around, because like, Sin was built up throughout uh, DS2, or might just be in Scholar, I'm not very sure, but, uh, like, you hear about the ruined city of Shulva, you, you wonder why the why Gulch and the gut are so polluted with poison. You you wonder why the Rotten is... Why the King, why the Sunken King became the Rotten. It's like... And and then you finally will, then you finally get your, your answers in the DLC, and you realise how much he... him waking you up has, has like, squeezed Shove over. Everyone's a poison, everyone's a rotted zombie of death because of the miasma that Jorg and the Drake Bloods voice. And it's just like, well, it's just basically a Western and Manjubris in terms of, well, he's sitting the Swampling Dragon, Yishun's awakening him, woken him starting up. Because now you're responsible for the death of an entire, of an entire country. Just because you couldn't deal without your jet daily chalice of dragon bloods. And I mean not I mean that's of course war more war than the boss fight and yes, I suppose that is more I like him than with the Calamites, because they are ostensibly the same fight. Set with different flame coal and sin's whole high poisonous so every so hitting the what's your weapons thing. But yes, it is Calamite, it is my Calamite, and that's not exactly original, but it's, I'd argue it's a better fight than Calamite, just because it feels a lot more like, yes, Calamite was the Abyss Dragon, or the Dragon of Calamity, whatever, uh, he, but he wasn't much build-up to him. Sin, you got, like, a lot of build-up to, and it felt ungodly satisfying to knock that sodding knock that bat out the air, it felt, with goth, it felt, it felt even better to shoot Sin out of the sky of a great by myself, and that's why Sin is number seven on this list. Frida, Frida, I was going to make a joke here, but I don't entirely know how, where to end it. Um, Frida, Jesus Christ, Frida.
The word Reaper does not begin to fucking describe it, to be frank with you. It's like, yep, I'm the final boss, not the, not the giant, a bit, not the giant bird thing. I'm I'm the final boss of this DLC, casually. Like, oh, I'm also Priscilla, and then I'm also in Smell, and then I'm waiting with the starting Astral Quartz Hour because I'm just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm the three phase boss. I have three health bars. I have seventeen thousand HP. What are you gonna do about it, bitch? Uh, no, but honestly, it's it's a very good fight, and I, I do rather enjoy it. <laughs> yes, I do do hell and back with backstabs, don't get me wrong, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's like, I'm, she's an action one, so she seems to gain back up. It's like, okay, so now I know how a boss feels. Now I know how the bosses feel when I keep coming back to try and murder them again. Because... God Almighty, it gets kind of annoying. <laughs> like it's not, it's not that she's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of the point. But it's like, yeah, well, yeah, she's an Ashen one. You, she, she is like you. She, she just needs a, like a spark of flame and she'll come back to life, and that's fair enough. Then obviously, moves that wise, Jesus Christ. She arguably, she arguably has the most coverage of any boss in DS3. Sounds the obvious one but you know well we we will get to him um and um yeah he's he yes we'll talk about him later she is uh i mean yes she's a void lady more xp let's not be too bad about shit three phases third ones with fire door wielding small a large version and a small version of her weapon when she would, we just air wielded a, a large version of it. Uh, has a lot to do with bloods. Has a lot to do with latent uh, power inside of her. It's a, it's I mean it's obviously a bloodborne reference, and I'm sure everyone who played bloodborne appreciates it. I'm sure I know I did. But uh, it, it's just the fact that well, it's three faces. <laughs> Like, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, three phase bosses exist in Souls. Yeah, they do. Um, obviously in Snow, for example. No, it's technically two phases. And obviously, you know, the boss that we all praise to the gods. But, um, we, but that version of it was a lot more like, well, yes, it's because he has a lot of health. He has a lot of health. That's fair enough. Well, it's free, there's a lot more like, yep. Oh, you feel, oh, you think I'm done? No, second health bar. Oh, you think I've done again? No, third health bar and a second scythe. And now I have the power of black fire because I'm just your, because I'm your god now. F frankly, if you're, you're going to go that way, that far to make the joke of, oh, she's Lady Moyer again. Just call her, just call her Sister Elfrida of the Sable Church. It's like, well... Because at that point you're just being like blatant about it, but yes, but at, least at that point you're just admitting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And well, um, it's not obviously it's it's not Lady Moya. It it won't it will never be Lady Moya because Lady Moya was the original. But it's it's down close, and it's not the only issue I have with it is Phase Two where it's kind of bullshit and RNG. 
yes, you can get Aliando in a corner, don't get me wrong, and beat on his ass like it's uh, like it's Wednesday, but that's not the point. You, uh... Like, phase one and phase three are very good. Phase two is just kind of the big letdown, and that's why she's number six. No! I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> Uh, but no, Orphan of Course. My war Jesus, the Orphan of Course. Back when we back when we thought that nothing would be harder than Manus. Nothing ever would be harder than Manus. Just to be thought that no, we can make a boss harder than Manus. <laughs> Quite harder than Manus. It's a fetus that beats you with its umbilical cords. Because Bloodborne is just that fine. Bloodborne is just that kind of game. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, the final boss of being uh, Bloodborne is just a fetus. A very angry fetus. And I mean, I mean, that's kind of the point of it. It's because everything it does is kind of like you can debate its motivations. It's like you could say, oh, well, it's. Uh, it's angry at you. It's it knows what uh, you've done. It's you and the other hunters have done. And it's trying to get vengeance on you. But honestly, to me, it's just it's a very sad boss. And yes, don't go on. I shouldn't be feeling pity for the terrifying aquatic god baby that summons the gods that summons the power of Zeus on me. But I, I do. I, I really do. It's just uh, you can say, oh, well. Uh, Oh, well, it screams at you, because, well, I, I mean, that's the thing, if you listen to it, and yes, this is subjective, it, it's screaming no at you, it's it's just no, 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 you know, that kind of thing. It's like, well, it's scared of you, it, it's scared of you, and it, it's just trying to defend itself, and it, it can't really help the fact that it's, def in it's defending itself, it's arguably the hardest boss in the game. And then when his back's up against the metaphorical wall, when the shit hits the fan, he just says, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to put on every trick in the book, because I'm scared you're going to kill me. And then just go Super Saiyan. Or whatever, I mean, what, or goes up into a terrifying winged god creature. Just pick your poison, really. Um, and then, well, I've never personally heard it, but people say that when it screams for like the lightning, it's it's saying mother or something like that, you know. Except well, distorted and visceral. It's like well, God, and I mean that's the thing is if you think if it is saying mother, it's like well, is it trying to revive its mom? Is it that scared that it's willing to try the dark arts to try and revive its mom? And it fails, and you just have to deal with the aftershock, quite literally. And it dies pretty much the same as we do. It's just fades away. It it doesn't it doesn't struggle. It just lies down and dies when you finally kill it. And it doesn't. But it's like us. But it doesn't have the advantage of spawning at the at the last lamp. It fought hard, some might say too hard, but the end of the, the end of the day, it just wasn't enough to 
to kill a creature, a, a monster, to decide only its death. Much like our first attempts at Waterdex, might I add. Uh, morality is a strange thing, really, isn't it? We can justify everything under the sun for the greater good. Lawrence, motivated by the bloods, to try, motivated by his healing intent, sent the blood around the Arnhem. Yaman set he, with his intent to help his friends, went to the fishing hamlets and massacred the people. And Maria, under the tutelage, and wanting to be in Yaman's good graces, killed the orphan. And for the greater good, we kill a baby. Yeah, you could say, oh, it's not a real baby, it's... We, and sometimes we would kill one Murgo and all, but... Yeah, but starvation isn't... Starvation is indirect. We we slaughter something that basically just came... That was like 10 sec... Alive for 10 seconds before it started had to, had to fight. Yeah, we had to do it to beat the game and get all the achievements and what's all, but... Isn't like Arnica really worth murdering a child? I'll leave that to you. I suppose I'll leave that to you. It's a damn good fight, and one I can clearly talk about for a while. And we. and arguably the hardest boss until the, maybe the Wing City. So, for what that's worth, take it. Oh, Lady Maria, what can I say that hasn't already been said? It's, it's really just the premier hunter fight of Bloodborne. You can't really beat around the bush on that. It's, it's a three-phase boss before three-phase bosses were like a major thing. Well, I mean, Bloodborne's four-phase boss, but whatever. Um, it was a very a very cool boss, it's with someone you, like, respect when you learn about who all, and someone you've come to trust, if, you know, you consider the doll and Moya the same person, and it, it is awful when you realise that, like, what she did to herself, and why she's so, like, hell-bent on fighting you, that she... She would go against her own principles and summon the power of Cainhurst on you. And make blood blades and then light her blood on fire because... Yes, because clearly this was not anime enough with the fact she's coated her own blades with blood by stabbing herself. No, she must absorb all her blood back into herself and light it on starting fire because this game clearly does not have enough action. Despite the fact that you... Which we end it murdering new effort app because Bloodborne. <laughs> um and uh I mean yes, um as I said in the fleet section, it's it's just it's just the original oh my god, this is an incredible fight that with a human opponents. And I mean 
And I mean, the fact she's only aware of the astral clock tower with the person, the voice where she got, where she committed suicide. It's like, where she, it feels like a vengeful spirit. It feels like a vengeful, uh, wraith of her regret that she couldn't go back and change the fact that she murdered a baby. <laughs> it's just like, well, how do you deal with that mental trauma that something so bad that you tossed your weapon away into a well and for for once any further training with your with your mentor and best friend how do you get over murdering a child in its mother's womb it's and i i mean i get it it's just like and yeah it was probably not the greatest idea to put her in charge of uh making the slash emissary it's also uh, Ebolitis, but like considering you know she murdered a baby and yet yes I, I know it's never established who actually killed the orphan like the the true orphan not the you know memory version we fight uh the true orphan and I mean it's a very it's a sticky situation, because it's like, well, because of the orphan, a lot of the events of Bloodborne happen, because it's like, if Maria doesn't kill the orphan, or Gehrman doesn't kill the orphan, depending who you ask, I suppose, um, what do you... Gehrman never makes the deal with Moon Presence to bring Maria back, because Maria never dies. Lawrence never has to be confronted with the fact that he that he caused the death of a child for to cause beasthood in his people and commit suicide. Once again, hair cannon, depends how you read his boss fight, how you read his boss theme, you know, which considering it's in Latin is kind of hard, but whatever. Um, you, it's a very... And, like, Woodvig falls to it, everything's... It's like, it's all her fault, technically speaking, but you don't blame her for it. Like, that's the big thing here. It's like, when you've got, like, stuff like, like people like Gwyn, who is, like, so very clearly the arbiter of everything that's wrong in the series, everything that's wrong in the world. And, like, especially Panther Sullivan and DS3. Where like you, he's so clearly evil and has no like redeeming qualities. It's like well, it's nice to have someone who caused all this, but it's like you knows that she caused it all and made the pay the ultimate price for it. And it it brings me hope that the doll is free, that Maria is free. From the shackles that bound, bound her spirits, and now, and now that she can finally pass on, well, you know, pass on in terms of living as a doll and not as a dream, because Gammon's a. <laughs> I want to say pedophilic prick, but I don't know how old she is. But um, she, but I mean, Lady Maria is just the boss fight that everyone quotes is just the best thing. Ever and like, I get that entirely. It is my favorite Bloodborne boss, but to me, there's there's just three better bosses throughout the series that 
deserve it more than her. And it's not because, and yes, it is slightly because she's easy as shit to parry. Like, and yeah, that's not, that shouldn't be against her. You can fight her without parrying, it's really hard. But that's, but you, if you know how to repost, she's kind of piss and stuffy. And that's why that's what holds her back, really. We're the one who are slaves. Ninety-three to seven. I bring you Raim the Traitor or the Fume Knight, depending on who you ask. I mean, well, I mean, yes. Don't get me wrong. It's like, yeah, it's discount. It's discount yes, to a certain extent, because like, yeah, last night. No one's entirely sure what happened to him, yada yada. Like, yeah, fine. But, like... I mean, I think the thing with Fume Knight is, like... Fume Knight is... And this is entirely subjective. It's just about that... Because of how DS2 works, in terms of bonfire aesthetics, I've... I'm a lot... I, I've kind of fight Fume Knight a lot more. Because, like, that's the thing. It's like... DS1 is a great game. It's, do not get me wrong, it is a phenomenal game, and it's, it is worthy of the praise it gets, as the original game. But, the sec the first half of it's okay, the second half of it is awful. And I, I think even the most staunch, staunch DS1 people will agree with me on that. So I'm like, well, I, I, can I be asked? Can I be asked to murder on scene some other games for the opportunity to fight us all this? I'm like, well, no, not really. Well, it was like, with Fume Knight, it's just like, oh, I want to fight the Fume Knight again. Okay, bonfire aesthetic, here you go. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I just find Fume Knight a lot cooler. Like, yes, Artorius is a badass and, like, has a bit, a lot more of a legend to him. It's like, oh, yeah, you, he's such a hero and everyone respects him and all, he's such a badass. Fume Knight to me is kind of like a thing of well, it's the kind of the count. It's kind of the dark reflection of Artorius. Cause it's like you, because he's like, because Artorius was loyal to the end, even like in so much defense of Gwyn and and his like king and such. But Raym is like, vengeance, okay. my boy. You're. You're, da you're dating a shard of the absolute darkness here. I can't, I can't be down with this shit. With this shit, at all. yeah. So it's in all the English. It's like, it's like, Rame, If you're going to get involved in my in my marital affairs, I'm gonna have to get Velstat to murder you. It's like, bring it on, Velstat. Velstat then pulverizes them. It's like, okay, I went to murder you. And Velstat's like, oh yes. I wouldn't murder you, but you must get the fuck out of my castle and out of this kingdom. It's like, fine. Ryan's just like, okay, fine. And then he's like, yay, I'll, I'll cleanse another child of dark, and then my lord will be happy with me, and I'll have proof to show that his his wife is a bitch. And then he's like, and then Nadali's like, Nadali was just like, yep. Rame, darling, you come, be my be my knight. I will be. I will protect you, and I will give you purpose and a home and love. Something you've all been missing. You've been missing all your life. 
because of your fascination with ravens and being like an org of death and shit. It's like, it's like, and I get, and I get why Raymond's like that. I really do. He's like, well, yeah. It's like he's give he you're giving him exactly what he wants. It's and he does it willingly. You can argue, oh well, he's not really like he's not like uh, other bosses where he's like. You can tell he's very much alive underneath that, and you could just be a ghost. It's like that's and that's kind of cool, honestly. Because like I am a smoke ghost, fuck you. And then like, but then it's just that like, there's like just that little bit of a torture. It's like, yeah, if you want to start selling it, he's just like, oh, oh, you motherfucker. Then just like, it's like, fuck the small sword. I'm gonna murder you. I'm going to murder you. You murdered Velstart before I had a chance to. Here's, a ch- here's the power of fire and darkness simultaneously because I'm, because I'm a madman and I will one-shot you. <laughs> I mean, he's not even like he's not a hard fight. Okay, okay he's a hard fight if you haven't put any points in uh, agility, but adaptability, and by extension agility, and and of course yeah, because I framed, but. God, he's fun to fight. Like he, like to, like if, like Sin, I fight because I have to, and it's a, I do enjoy Sin. Hence why he's on the list. But you know, I will fight. I will fight as many times as I need, as I want to, and I will very much enjoy it every time because my God, that's just it is a fight of absolute existential dread, and you cut through it to murder to murder like a very royal knight. And, um, well, you know, because he's guarding the crown of the Modern King. Which, I mean, is fair enough. The Modern King is kind of a twat. But, wait, I mean, point being, he's a very, he's an incredible boss. And I very much enjoy him. And, well, I mean, the statistics are for himself. <laughs> 93, out of, 93 out of 100 people died to him. Or did die to him when the polling was happening. It's like... Yeah, he's a very hard boss, but a very punishing boss, but damn well fun to fight. Surprising no one, the jo- the time we fight an actual arch dragon is probably one of my favourite boss fights in the series. It's like, well, he's like, oh, well, god, he has far too much health, god, he hits far too hard, he's, he's a walking hitbox, he takes far too long to kill, whatever. 15,000, I mean, like, well, 15,000 health is kind of, like, yeah, somewhat obsessive, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, A, Archdragon, B, he's the abyss fucking dragon, like, I am, hello, I am the drag. I am an Archdragon, I am also the Archdragon that has eaten the abyss for ritual sodding millennia, do you want to die? How are you? How are you? You're invading my city. I'm going to murder you and possibly eat you. Because I'm dark as a fucking deer, and you're very full of darkness. You know, etc. And I'm like, yeah, it's good, dark eater. <laughs> and that's like, and, and yeah. I mean, the long shot of it is, it feels like you're slaying a sudden dragon. It feels like you're slaying a beast of genuine power. It... <laughs> Like, the Godzilla comparisons are not, like, are not accidental. It's just, like, you know, 
are, you are killing something that you have no right to kill. <laughs> like the third blade is out like say out the third blade out like says it to you like I in his state in the states he was in and you were able to kill him. If you were not if he was not broken and died right by the abyss, you would have died and you and he would have lived forever. At least, I mean at least that's my interpretation of it. It's like that's the whole well, it's the whole metaphor of without his sheath, without his duty, he wouldn't have they would have he would have gone mad long ago. And and I think that's the thing, is like to me. Uh I mean it's an incredibly good boss. An incredible, absolutely astounding boss, but to me, it's it's that it's that same feeling of tragedy you get from murdering Sif. And yes, that's a very controversial thing. That's like, how could you feel bad about murdering a giant dragon that is trying to murder you and eat you? Sif was just guarding its uh, their master's grave. <laughs> they didn't want to fight you. They were just like either. But I don't. I can't allow you to uh, befall the same fate as my master. That's the thing. It's like Medea to me. Yeah. Yes, I do. Just have a soft spot for dragons ever, ever wolves. See me. But they. But that's the thing. Is like the way you hear about it. It's like Medea was indoctrinated from birth by people who abs who absolutely hated dragons. My, like everyone in the royal family hated dragons, except the firstborn. But obviously, the firstborn liked them. Draconic shit. Um. But uh. And so of course he would. He'd be like he'd be the outcast. He probably just had the Grim probably just had Seif raise him, which is like. Like. Anyone who has seafood in any capacity is like, yeah, no, they don't wear seafood people. It's like, and you're like, well, maybe Gwyn did it. It's like, Gwyn showed him kindness and could at least, like, sh pretend to show him kindness and be, like, a very, and be, like, a good father to him or, like, a good master to him if you, if we don't, you know, always father. And that's, and, and that's either way. Medea still loved them, still loved the gods. He still loved Glynn. He still loved whoever raised him, despite the fact they kidnapped him and brainwashed him. And that's the thing is, as we've established by like certain other characters, you only get consumed by the abyss, or you lose. When you lose, which when you lose every purpose to live, Artorius fell to the abyss when he, when he knew Sif was safe and was al and allowed himself to fall to it. Uraine fell to the abyss because he had not, because he had nothing else, because he found the one place he felt welcome and found and was happy and didn't want and didn't have any more ambition. Medea still clearly believes in what the gods taught him. And that, and that to me adds just that way of melancholy where it's like, is she lying? 
is he actually losing himself to the abyss? Because, like, I don't know about you, but only beings of dark, only beings in control of the dark, see, the dark worker, can shoot concentrated lasers at beams of, abs of absolute darkness. With that way of accuracy and power. He can summon abyss fights, so he's clearly powerful enough to do most things, to control the abyss. Which makes it just seem like she was like lying to you. Just so Gwen doesn't look like a hypocrite in saying that dragons are our enemies and exiling the son and stripping him from history because he sided with dragons and secretly having a pet dragon guarding guarding the prison he kept all the humans in. And that's something that's like it's that sadness that you realize. Medea's worst emotion was probably betrayal. If Sheila if you brought Sheila with you, his emotion has emotion. Because dragons do have emotions, we've established this. We, we, we did establish this in, like, DS 1 and 2. Dragons are capable of higher thoughts. Especially arch dragons. Was that a betrayal? That his friends, that his supposed friends, his, his, suppo his supposed family, killed him. Just for doing all his job. And that, and that to me is why Dark Eater Medea is not only a astoundingly hard and fun fight that was basically my own scene in Smoke since I, I played the series in reverse order, but also a fight that truly symbolises royalty. Well, almost. It almost symbolises true royalty. Because we are, there's only one man who we can really discuss who knows true loyalty, isn't there? I mean, come on. Like, how could I not? How could I not name the man who symbolises the, the ritual abstract concept of loyalty? Of the force of will. The absolute force of, of love in the series. A man who fought from the man who fought from the Dragon War to the end of the sobbing world because he never gave up. Not for a moment did he give up. And and I mean the final boss of the entire franchise and basically what most people agree to be the the best boss in best or one of the best bosses in the series. Yes, I know it's not surprising that Gale is my is my number one choice because of course it is. It's Gale. It's the boss that everyone agrees is possibly the best boss Fom's ever made. I mean I, I haven't checked out that on that list yet. I I have played Sekiro. It's and I'm sure some people would say, oh well like our father and Ishin are better than them. I mean, they're wrong, but that's not the point. Um, 
And Gale is just... Gale is everything Artorius did right. Everything Manus did right. Everything every Abyss boss has ever done right. Combined with humanity. And I don't mean that in terms of the concepts we have in DS1. I mean that in terms of the concept of... It's a human being with Isaac. It's not... It's not a person-shaped uh, suit of armor. It's just it is a person. It is a person who has lived and died a thousand. Who has lived and died a thousand times, and now finally has found the point where he can truly die. Where he can truly give up. Should we go hot oil? Because that's the thing is. He had no right to be the final boss of the franchise. Did he, really? We all wanted the third epigme, didn't we? We we all wanted the third epigme. Trying to get to see who he was, trying to get to see the greatness that we were promised all the way back in Dark Souls 1. But honestly, a, a boss that is us, basically. Obviously means a lot more to the franchise than you could than the third pigment would ever be because like that's the thing is like you could say oh well Dark Souls 2 doesn't count because Dark Souls 2 didn't have like a whole like Mizaki but DS I think DS2's ending point is a lot more poignant than DS1 and 3's in terms of DS2 ends with we might not be able to change fates but the fact the fact that we try is what makes us human. The fact that we try is what makes us the most stubborn creatures ever to grace this earth. There is no path, there is beyond the escape of light, beyond the reach of dark, what could possibly await us, yet we seek it in stage of resources our fates. And that's, and yes I did just quote all the earth because, casually, because screw you I do what I want, but and that's the thing, he's like, yes, I do slightly like Gale more because I have a headcanon. And that's, and I'm not going to discuss that headcanon. That's not, that's not, that's far too long of a headcanon to discuss now. And I'm not going to go into it. But, I, but that, that headcanon, yes, the whole point of Gale is that you're supposed to be no one. You're supposed to be futile. You're supposed, you're supposed to be like, do nobody's fighting over a pile of blood at the end of the world was my civilization is just a pile of ash. But Silent Gale was probably the only person in this series I would generally call a true hero and I and I mean that quite sincerely. You say, well Artorius Yeah, but we don't know what Artorius actually did. With Gale we, we basically know Everything about what his plan was, and it's like, things you know, well, yeah, everyone's like, well, Gale could have died a thousand times. I was always had one life, and if that long and sacrificed it for his friends, like, well, yeah, fair enough, then yes, that's a very fair point. But the difference is, Gale was no one, Artorius was a decorated knight, the, the great. The great abyss walker, the most powerful, the most de facto leader of Gwen's Knights, even if Ornstein was the, you know, formal one. 
Whereas Gale was a slave, a cannon fodder, unfit even to be a soldier. And yet, and he had no right to live. He had no right to survive. He had no right to come out sane from the Dragon Wall. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Because he doesn't care. Because he found something greater to cling to. He found something beautiful to cling to. Whether you whether you believe the headcanon I do, which I'm not gonna what's gonna not gonna go into, but or just believe he found the painted world somehow. That's not the point really. And you just like we never met him because we didn't go to the all the painted world in DS one. But he found he looked after who we can basically assume to be Priscilla's daughter. Not like he was his own like she was his own daughter. And for, I think for intense purposes she was his own daughter. And I, mean, I don't mean that in terms of parental, I mean that in terms of or genetic, I mean that in terms of the only one either of them has ever had and he, they would go to the end of the world for each other. Like, f like Frida takes over the painting, Gale leaves the painting for the first time in years to, to, to find someone who can save her. And when we beat Frida, when we free his daughter because uncle in terms of acquaintance no you're not because I'm not uncle in terms of brother of the father or brother of the parent should I say um he went to the end of the world he engaged in murder he engaged in cannibalism he gave up his mind body and soul to get this paint to get that blood he didn't he didn't care he didn't really care. He, if it took, if he died in the process, if it broke him, if it made him no one, nothing like he was before, it was worth it because he did something. Because he was, he had no master but himself, but he. He loved the Painted World. He loved his daughter. He fought to his last breath. And when his body was possessed by the Dark Soul and fought on, he knew you'd kill it. He knew that after his millennia of living, that when he finally went hollow, when the Dark Soul finally took him, you'd end him. You would end his age-long life. You, no one, now is actually unfit even to be sinless. And drank his blood to save that world, even if he had no credit in it. Even if he had no action. Even if he wasn't remembered. Because he's an unmarked, because it's an unmarked grave. No one's going to know who witnessed this battle at the end of the world. No one is going to witness the man, a, a meager slave, summoning the summoning the might of Zeus, while doing while doing a backflip while firing a machine gun crossbow. No one's going to no one's going to report that. That's going to be an unwritten battle. That's going to be an unwritten battle of two nobodies who no one cares about.
who no one should care about. And when the victor is crowned, no one will care, because it's an unmarked grave at the end of the world. No one cares. But we care. And I think that's why everyone agrees that Gale is like, even if you don't care about his war, even if you don't think he's a very like fitting about a lot of the franchise, he's such a such a good fight. Such, I'd argue, a perfect final boss for Dark Souls. But it doesn't matter that we have to speculate on what on his past. It doesn't matter that we have to make up stories about why he's so good. Because at the end of the day, we shouldn't end up anything after him. Because he deserved that much. He deserved that little courtesy. To be remembered. Because no one's going to remember a, a slave. No one's going to remember someone who didn't even ever ascend to the ranks of the gods until his final moments. And that's why we have to remember him. We have to remember that at the end of the world, in an unmarked grave, there was a man named Gale, and that man was a true hero. Thank, thank you for listening. If you if you have even listened to this, I know my voice is grating. I know the music's far too loud. I know I have no audio balancing. I know I haven't really explained why I love these bosses so much. I've just ranted about them for ten for from 4 to 10 minutes seems to be 12 at this point but I thank you for listening and any constructive criticism besides your voice sucks or we're into script your videos is vastly appreciated thank you for listening thank you for listening to my first podcast and I hope to see you around Good night, everyone.